right, let me do this. Ebony Republicans, please send me a Gmail at Ebony Republicans. Ebony Republicans at Gmail. I'm going to be as quick as possible, guys. You know, uh, Steve Harvey, he said one time, when he was doing a eulogy for Bernie Mac, he said, when you tell jokes for a living, he said, sometimes people don't understand. Sometimes things just ain't funny. And I never forgot that. That stuck with me because I felt like I understood the first time as if it was like some rap lyric or whatever. Or math equation. Take off. Is, uh, you know, I, I feel really bad. Uh, I should have got his full name. Um, but for the... For the podcast sake, let's just uh, talk about the young man who was killed while <clears throat> attending a birthday party in Houston. And he's best known for being a part of a trio music group, goes by the name of the Migos. This artist's takeoff at the age of 28 had died at the hands of unfortunate my god won't you listen to this beautiful white lady speak please I, I don't I'm sorry I am an artist at words at right now I just want to listen to this my apartment and ran to try and help not knowing who the victim was Jason Miles a nurse who tried to help rapper take off after he was fatally shot this week in Houston says it was too late to save him she says she heard gunshots from her nearby apartment and ran to try and help not knowing who the victim was Jason Miles is live at the Green Street Entertainment Complex where the shooting happened and we want to warn you that some of the details may be disturbing to some of our viewers but Jason why did the nurse want to speak? Hey there, guys. Well, first, she wanted to address some of the things floating around on social media about what might have been done or could have been done medically regarding takeoff's condition and also prove that there are still people out there willing to step in and at least try and help. A traveling nurse I'll call Sarah. Bow, 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 bow heard rapid gunfire overnight Tuesday from where she lives, not far from the Green Street Entertainment Complex, which quickly became a crime scene. My neighbors were underneath me. I said, did y'all hear that? That sounded like gunshots. She says she waited for initial chaos to calm down before running to who she later learned was rapper Takeoff, yelling, quote, I'm a nurse, after retrieving medical supplies from her car. His head was this way and up, and his eyes were rolled back and fixed. And I saw a pile of blood behind his head. Sarah says she checked Takeoff's pulse numerous times, but he was already dead. People on social media are saying, why didn't you do CPR and this kind of thing? That would That's not be appropriate? That would not be appropriate, especially with a gunshot wound. You would never do CPR because you would be circulating the blood and the blood would go right out of the hole. Takeoff was around the same age as one of Sarah's children, and she feels for the family and also hopes someone who knows who shot him comes forward. 
As for telling her story, she says she wanted to send a message. And I just want something good to come out of this. Somebody to know that good people sometimes show up just because. And she got somewhat emotional during our interview today, and she almost uh, backed out of that interview, she says. Obviously, she did not want to be identified. And interestingly, uh, the nurse of about almost 30 years has worked in oncology, delivery, never trauma or ER. So she says this was the first time she's seen a gunshot wound victim that close. Reporting live downtown, Jason Miles, KHOU 11 News. What a tragedy. All right. Thank you so much, Jason Miles. And our coverage continues on KHOU.com. All right, guys. <clears throat> you heard it. Uh, that is the reason why I didn't. I, I lost what I wanted to say. But uh, if you don't mind. <sighs> Growing up in America, there was always possibilities right outside my neighborhood. And I, I, I envied, uh, you know, white people, uh, not because they did anything to me, but because like I wanted those shoes or skateboards or, you know, to live in those communities or have those dogs or bikes and whatnot. And, uh, so, you know, growing up, you just kind of like just develop a sense of like wow, I got to do something about this. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm a New Yorker, so that's why I, that's what I felt. But <clears throat> I would live in communities where there was always black people there. And the, the boys would always be in jail or getting killed or Jesus Christ could you imagine the mental stress of going up in a community where this happens every day and you go to church and go to school so you gotta stay away from this stuff but at the same time it's like everywhere you know and um, <clears throat> I've watched black men just die like roaches and ants and goddamn you know crickets just piles of them man I mean, the cemetery is just, like, huge, unfortunately. And I didn't want to know what I saw. Or, excuse me, I didn't want to know what she saw, this nurse. Um, she didn't want her face to be shown. And um, that woman is traumatized for the rest of her life. Um, that, 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 that just... I don't even know the family is traumatized that I mean um what do you say after that what do you say after that what do you say after that what do you say well unfortunately his situation is no different than Nipsey Hussle young man from California who was a rolling 60s crip was dating uh, famous actress Laura London, famously known for ATL and her uh, social medias and other, you know, modeling and whatnot, and he he got killed in his own neighborhood by one of his own gang members. And this guy had stores and 
you know, in the neighborhood, and he was well, he was gaining wealth, and successful music career, friends with everyone, backed up by Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and, you know, this guy was riding in the wind, the city of angels, and uh, you seen what happened to him, and, and it was Pop Smoke, it was gonna be the next crown of New York. Man had charm you couldn't believe, and now he's in the graveyard. Then there's King Vaughn. Please, I don't care how much wealth you have. You just listen to what I'm telling you. Then there's King Vaughn. Young kid who I saw, and I thought, ah, gangster rap crap. There was this one video I saw with him. I think it's called Strange or Crazy Stories or something like that. And he was sitting down with this white woman. And he was rapping to her. She was a psychologist or a shrink or whatever. She was like, Vaughn, what is going on in your head? What are, what are you doing? What's going on? Tell me about it. You know, this is all. You know, he's like, this is off the record. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, let's just talk. And so he gets into his life and it's like murder and and drinking and smoking and nice Bentleys and cars and, you know, two, three thousand dollar chains. Just imagine this, you know, fresh sneakers, underwears every day, you know, cologne, bitches, hoes, you know, King Vaughn. He's in the graveyard. Then there's FPG Duck. All of this is in the last five years or two, two years or one year. Then it's FBG Duck. F-B-G Duck. Like, quack, quack, duck. Just made it to the industry, got signed. It's on his way out the hood, bought his mom some clothes and jewelries. Just was spending the block one last time, FBG Duck was gonna damn near be one of the greatest young kids. Right now the kid had a he had a swag, man. People was just like, hey man, this guy is a real deal, man. He's really from the streets, man. You know, there's a difference being you know, a nice rapper, you know. And there's a difference, you know, from being They're blaming the Prince family, Jay Prince in Houston for the murder of Takeoff. Offset and Quavo Good no, I don't. I, you know, ah, uh, gosh, this one is is uh just another deal. And obviously, then there's incarceration, but and guys, Dolph. I, I mean, I can just really go on. I mean, and these are guys who are, have millions of dollars flowing in their pockets. Okay, so you can say, well, you know, there ain't nobody I know. Listen, if your ass is making millions of dollars, they better be somebody you know. Okay, because they got millions of dollars, dog on it. All right, now listen to this. The list goes on and 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 on. You have Mo3, another, good Lord, promising young man signed to Little Boosie, who's a established millionaire, acres of land, and... You know, he's stupid money, you know, he got money. Not but we got some wealth now too, a little bit of leverage, okay. And um man, he went on with Mike Tyson and the hot box and next thing you know, uh 
man, he was just dead as the, you know, on, on 635, uh, what was it, on 35, right out here in, Dallas, in Texas. Murray, I know what I'm talking about, promising artist, man, actually signed to a major label, man. Kid had some talent, not just some goofy-ass nigga, man, he just had some, some talent, you hear me? Talent, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, he's just died, man. And, uh, you know, you grow up like this your whole damn life. Watching black men after black men die. You don't have a father. The only women I believe that have always understood was white women calling me fucking crazy. Now more fucking black men are saying it. As if I was on some weird shit. I didn't talk to enough of these chicks, these pictures, these women, these goddesses, whatever, to know what I'm talking about. I talked to everybody. Africans, Hispanics, black Americans, Europeans, Ukrainians, Russians, Brazilians. I've talked to them all. Not that I just sit and have a conversation, just a vibe. We don't talk more than two or three words or five or ten or, hell, maybe a couple of paragraphs. But other than that, it's just like, keep it moving. Oh, God, it's, I'm not making this shit up. And I don't know if it's a psychological thing that's in our blood. That's why I'm bringing this up. Because when you look at the movie Birth of a Nation with Nat Turner, who be, obviously became a, first a preacher and then a rebellion uh, leader from slavery times, but he was taught how to read and became a minister. And the way the movie portrays, he was a good man. You know, he just got tired of slavery. And, uh, you know, he couldn't feel like he couldn't do both. He couldn't be a good minister of, of, of all the slaves and everything. And, you know, some injustices happening and wind up costing him his life, you know. But I took out of what I saw because all of my teachers were white women. You understand what I'm saying? So... One thing I noticed as a three-year-old three or a five-year-old or nine-year-old as a little boy, and white women notice when they talk to me, that I've been educated. Did you hear what I just said? Or learned. So when they talk to me, they talk to me as a mother. They forget. They don't even see my color. I'm telling you, it's a weird, trippy thing. I'm just speaking my truth. Now... All of these young black men that I've watched over over forty some four decades, four decades I watched this. From New York to Chicago, L.A. to Detroit, Gary, Indiana, down to Rhode Island, goddammit, Iowa. It's real in Iowa too. Don't don't let them tell them about St. Louis. You know, some niggas out there, boy. You hear me? Y'all know what time it is, man. Why we gotta be acting like we, we, we always gotta be doing small talk? Can we talk up in here? There's some damn Republicans in here. Nigga, have a beer and just chill. Let me talk to you for a second. I'm talking to you, my white grandfather over here. He's 64 years old. We, we, we go on the yachts together, play golf, and talk about shit. Look at the stars. You know what I mean? <sighs> President Trump. Huh. But I've got therapy for my mental issues. 
some of you need mental therapy and you you lived in Bel Air. So imagine we, I kind of started off. Now look, now don't get it twisted now. I am, I, I do come from wealth. I might have not seen it in my first generation, you know, or two, but I'm gonna get mine before I get up out of here. <laughs> get my 40 acres from you. <laughs> oh God, yo, straight conservatism, you heard? But uh, for real though, you hear me? I want y'all to know that I'm a 1,000% conservative that likes the Republican Party. Just so you know. I never knew this when I was a kid. True story. Takeoff is just another poke in my rib with the ice pick. Just a quick jab. Because I cried for Nipsey Hussle. Because I loved him. We had so much in common. I was working on getting to meet him and work on a project with him. Just before I journeyed out towards Germany. And he was laying on the floor. Dead. In front of kids. Nipsey Hussle. Ermius. His background was the Eritrean. I visited Ethiopia, Kenya, Eritrea. That's where he was from, Eritrea. And they took his life. He was even more popular, if you will, than a, than a lot of most guys that's out today. And uh, he didn't deserve that, man. He was a good kid, man. That This guy was a good kid, man. He was getting into real good stuff. He was getting out of the streets, you know. And um, it's a shame. He comes from a good family, has a good mom and dad, and good family members, business people. You know, they venture in and out of Africa. You know, they're African-American, too. And right here in the States, they got family reunions and whatnot. He had a really nice family. He had kids. His girlfriend was Laura London, another celebrity and woman who had, you know, a salary and a very uh, healthy career. So he was living really nice, man. And, and they was just going to be a real nice compliment. You know, she's very beautiful and eloquent. And uh, people was just loving them, man. And, and they saw, you know, his maturity mixed with her experience. And, you know, she's not out there all the time. So people just knew that this was it. And they took it away from him. His own people shot and killed him. A black man called Shitty Cuz walked up on Nipsey Hussle. And he's on television every day and, and, and blew his brains out. Because he wouldn't give him a record deal or whatever the case may be. Just a, a terrible deal. You know Biggie and Tupac. Same stuff, man. Good kids, man. When you look at their movies and videos, they come from very educated backgrounds, man. These were kids who just went astray, man. Look at Prodigy. I mean, from Mob Deep, his 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 family were goddamn professors and damn Congress people and stuff like that. And this guy, you know, out here rapping and shit, getting uh, awards and whatnot. <laughs> Are y'all listening to me? I was in. Queens one night and 
we had a disagreement same deal and I loved everybody that was there that night whether they disagreed or not I loved those people because they was all I had at this time I was a young teenager you know uh, right at 16 and I was in the streets like not going home for weeks damn near months I was in the streets for real. See, when people say in the streets, they think you just, hey, you go outside, come back on a curfew. I, I was on that time, too. I was, you know, on curfew and, you know, paying, doing the right thing and going to school and whatnot. And then I actually signed up for the streets. The streets mean you're an alley cat. You, like, all dogs go to heaven. Charlie, you become Charlie. That's why that's my favorite movie. I've always watched Charlie to come back to the light. I'm not even kidding with you, though. You hear me? I've always watched my girl to come back to the light. I've always watched Never Ending Story to come back to the light. When I tell you God has blessed me, you don't even understand. You hear me? We was outside one night, and this is a true story. And um, we got into a disagreement. And I blinked for a moment. And somebody, see, I can't even explain to you when you see something that shocks you and throw you into convulsions, like you just, and, you know, mix with some of the alcohol as a kid, you know, diving into you in the streets, we find an adult to buy it, we give him extra 10 bucks or whatever, you know, crackhead or whatnot. And, you know, you're just out there, you're fried, you're in, you know, you're in New York, you know, you hear me? You're out there, man, you know, fat cat, pappy. I, we grew up in a different time, you know, there was gangsters in New York as well. John Gotti and things like that. So the streets was the, the rhythm, the, 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 the potency of that, the streets at that time is not the same what you see right now with this complete poverty. And it, it, it was different because it wasn't that bad. You know what I'm saying? It was just... I can't even explain it, man. I explain it sometimes through my, my poetry. I don't know. I guess if I'm vibing with you, you feel whatever. But, I, you know, I, I'm not even going to try to explain that right there. That's just, a, that's for a book or something. But watching so many young black men die. It's just terrible. It's it's a nightmare, and I've had nightmares for over 15 years, and you can't tell nobody. And it's not your fault. So all they see is your braids and the size of your dick. All they see is a hood and aggression masculinity and you you feel like oh my gosh like you know what I mean really but a friend of mine was murdered that night and I don't even remember how his face looked it was like the daylights was knocked out of me I couldn't see like I like you know how when you stare at the light and those 
things get in your eye, it I like I I I blinked out for a second and just was like, what the hell? And I didn't smile. I swear to God, I didn't smile for three years. For three years, I didn't smile. And people kept saying, what's wrong with you, bro? You've changed. You just, you know, they noticed it. And I didn't even notice it. But I, I didn't find one thing funny ever again. And it took me so many years to heal from that. So when I hear these murders and I, I, you know, and I just keep seeing it over and over. And I hear other people complaining. And I, and I, I hate to be a bully. But it's sad when you don't have your fathers there to even tell you what a woman is. You're his species. Just, for, you know, a hero. But you're his species. And, and he's not there. And all they care about is abortion. All they care about is women's rights and women empowerment. What the fuck about us? We're extinct just about. That's what kills me about this whole thing. The lack of empathy. And I completely lost my head right now. My bad. <laughs> It's just that I can see things so vividly. <laughs> now get this. God, that's why I wanted to go back to church. Because God let me know that I had to let you see that. And I'm going to put you on a Republican Party at some point. But I had to let you see that. I had to let you see all those crack vials. You have to look at it. Prostitutes walking by, chicken spots on every corner, stores filled with God knows what. People you don't even know, don't even speak their language. Like, hey, uh, yeah, this is 10.55, you know, on a bag? Yeah. Food stamp card? Yes, here you go. We had the paper food stamps at that time. But I feel bad for all of the ones who I see or, or saw or heard of died. It's terrible. But I know we can fix that. And you know how all of that happened? When the left broke down the family structure. I'm not going to get into what could have been done, what should have been done, what the Republicans did or didn't do. I cannot get into that. I will not speak to that. I will not do that. But I will tell you this. Moving forward, I think we're given the answer that needs to be said. And you heard it. You see it. The overwhelming amount of black Republicans that are ramped up 
have voted, going to vote, because of what they feel at this point and, and stage in their life. And they was explaining, you know, it's, rather than talk about race, they felt like talking about, you know, putting food on their table. They talked about being able to travel. And that's why we talked about running for Congress at some point, isn't it? Pull yourself together. Yep. You, I don't come from a culture of my forefathers who's, and who started this country, who are my forefathers. My forefathers are also those who pick cotton. I'm not going to watch somebody who didn't get defeated and who made it and who did it and gained respect and became free to me get up here and have a few little challenges and a few people die just like in war because it's a war zone and you live. I deserve a chance to do what I want to do in life and not be balled and chained to a construct or a primitive narrative. It's insulting, to say the least. <laughs> Sorry for that. <sighs> you don't cry forever. I've managed to see some beautiful times in New Jersey. I can just see them now. You know how I live, how I like it. I can just see beautiful times in Philadelphia. Places I visited. Even in New York. Upstate New York. Good old times. And in the States. In general. Been to Oklahoma. Louisiana, Virginia, family reunion was in Virginia a few years back. We went, had a great time. Fantastic. Just a week. Out in Chesapeake. Good old Commonwealth of Virginia. I liked it and I would love to come back. Looked at some family photos from like generations ago. I got so many white people in my family. I told them that's why you got Clyde Yorkshire. Well, we can have a conversation about that. <sighs> Anywho, um, I had to be strong. I had to deal with that mental part of my life that I, with what I was seeing and what I had to live through. And I began to find ways to empower myself. And it was looking at Saved by the Bell and wishing I was in school with them and hanging out with them. And like, I was them, you know, I was like my, my, my crew, my crew, you know, um, California love, all that stuff. I just, you know, I just, I guess I zoned off in television and video games if I could. Or, um, I don't know. I was always drawn to movies that would take my attention out of my surrounding in my neighborhood, even if I couldn't 
go and see where white people live and what they what they're doing. You know, what are they eating? Um, what games are they playing? I used to wonder like, um, what soap do they use or what? Yeah, I don't know what seasonings do they use. Like, I always was curious. Like, as a kid, like, you know, I wonder what they mom and dad talks about or what time they gotta go to bed. You know, I never. This is what I thought as a kid. These are the only thoughts I had in my mind about white people growing up was just like, um, they mom. What we what we was told is their mom and dad stay together. That's why they have what they have. And what we was told is because of, you know, how things are with your dads and everything, and you know, they're just out there in the street. Every single one of them, like, like it's just like house to house to house to house to house. Like all of our crew, like nobody had pops. Everybody's outside, like trying to steal a bike or like fixing bikes or like playing tag football, looking for something to do, watching the big guys sell drugs or whatever. Just you know, kids in our neighborhood, people you know, falling out and all kinds of stuff. Cops stopping, you know, just, just, you just a kid just like watching this stuff. Like, yo, going in the store to buy candy, you know, and like, this guy's like, hey, how you doing, kid? Uh, you're like, oh, hi. <laughs> what do you uh, buy? Uh, what's hurry up? What do you buy? Oh, okay. Um, just some cookies and a juice and go back to, to the house. 10 years old, 11, 12, 13, just don't feel sorry for nobody. Those were the best things I've ever seen. I got to see the black community up close. <laughs> and it was fun, like being on a ride, you know. And then, you know, God is like, yo, come on, let's go to Germany real quick. Let me show you something. Let me show you some badass white girls. What, you ain't supposed to say that? I find them as fucking beautiful as fuck. Nah, I ain't crying no more. Mm. God said, you want to go see Africa? Come on. You want to stop at Egypt first? It's beautiful. Seen the pyramids, went there, enjoyed that. It was great. Good food, Starbucks. <laughs> I was just like walking around, like looking at this is goddamn Egypt. This is by myself, by myself. Mm -hmm. Went to Kenya and went to Ethiopia. Went to Qatar, Dubai. Lived in Dubai two years. Mm -hmm. How'd you do that? How'd you get a goddamn job? <laughs> Wish I would have what I have now. Thought what I knew what I knew now. Got my business right. That would have been fantastic. Would have been great. But you live and you learn. And uh, you know it was it was a great time, man. I'd like to get back home, get back to Texas, and get back to my business. You heard? Um. God said, I want to take you to London. God said, I want to take you to Amsterdam. And he sure did. And see, unless you're a football player, a rapper, whatever else, you don't get to see that. 
you can't stay your ass right in over, uh, over there in that damn t town you wherever you from and stay your mind out of trouble. Hopefully you live to be 50. But God said, listen there, before you turn 40, I'm going to take you to all these places that you see. see you want to see something? Now, when you blend the two, the world is really small to me, and I haven't hit all the places I want to hit. Obviously, I want to go to Scotland. I want to go to Italy. I want to go to Cyprus. I want to go to Ukraine. I want to go to um, Russia. I want to go to um, Croatia. Um, I want to go to Switzerland. I want to go to Poland. I want to go to Iceland. I want to go to the moon. I want to go to the sun. I want to go, oh shit, I want to go to South Africa. I want to go to Morocco. I want to go to Thailand. I want to go to Sri Lanka. I want to go to India. Pakistan. I want to go to Korea. Japan, for sure. Okay, just to name a few. So I haven't even begun to finish. And I suspect there'll be many, many other stories like Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> all in all, through it all, I realized which was the most beautiful thing ever. And at that time, I cried with, te with tears when I finally figured that out. See, we talk about we believe in God. But a lot of us don't take the time to feel God. And I got a chance to feel God for the first time recently. Like, we talking months and stuff ago. And that's why I said I'm going to go back to church. I get it now. I almost feel like God did me like, uh, like Paul. Stopped me in my tracks. What you think? What you talking about? You, you ain't talking about nothing. This is what it is. And ever since then, I felt, oh my God, I didn't go through anything. I have to see what God sees. So what are you complaining about? What are you crying about? I have to look at what God is looking at. Unbelievable. I, I was like, oh shoot. Did you realize that? Christ is looking at this and seeing all of this unnecessary death. Now, anybody who claims that they believe in Jesus Christ, you know better. He does not approve of this in our country. We have got to clean this up ASAP. 
soon as we have our next presidential election, this one and the next one, okay? We've got to clean this up, and I'll be in the front lines to pick up the, car the body, the carnage, and all this other good crap. Get these fools in the graveyard and uh, stop the rest of this nonsense here. <sighs> There's a lot of good vibes happening, guys. We're actually winning, but we are not slowing down. We're going to finish this damn, uh, 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 damn fight like Earl Spence Jr. here. Don't leave it to the judges. Don't leave it to the judges to decide your fate. Make sure you get a, a knockout. That way the judges ain't got nothing to score, pal. He's on that floor and I'm standing up. <laughs> Jeez, that's it. For real. You heard? And one thing else I appreciated about what I what I saw. There's something that happens to your eyes when you see the things that I've seen. These eyes can look at anybody. Reverends. Cops, doctors, doesn't matter. Rabbis. My eyes have seen it all. Employers, doesn't even matter. Whoever walks into me, you know. Because I've seen it all. And managed to tell a story. Like the never-ending story. See, that's why I want to run for Congress when I get a little older. Smooth it out a little bit more. I can do anything I want to do, and that's all we needed to know. We didn't need to know that you have to be better than white people. We didn't need to know that we're a victim and we need reparations and all this other kind of crazy shit that we had to listen to by our so quote unquote activists. Could you imagine what what an insult? All of our, you know, Jesse Jacksons and Al Sharpton. Oh my God, man, have this been a circus? A doggone circus. Good Lord, my God. I can't even believe sometimes we had to listen to that stuff. <sighs> Well, young people, Republicans are seeing now, young people are very important, aren't we? Uh-huh, we are the future. That don't mean you have to go into the schools and start teaching the kids and us all kinds of inappropriate sexual things that the kids don't need to be having to hear nothing about no damn sex, transgender or straight, this school. Uh, social studies and stuff. You understand? Imagine that. You know, we our social studies was messed up. What does that subject even mean? Did you guys know that I was a comedian? I don't tell jokes, really, because I let people take away my craft. I'm funny as fuck. Probably could have been mentioned with the greats one day, but it kept going. I was looking around the other day, and I said to somebody... It, you know, I just said, man, you know, damn, what the hell happened to the goddamn gas? You used to can spend $20, $10, they bringing it down now. Democrats have made a terrible splash. 
Got the border all weird and jinky. Did y'all know a lot of contracts that was paid already to contractors to do work on the Trump administration? All the Biden administration had to do was just leave the people alone, let them finish the, uh, working. They stopped them and they had to still pay the people. So they got paid for a full, complete wall being up, the contractors, and they don't have to work on it because the president said he don't put no damn wall up. So, so all we go damn about Trump, you can get your money. We ain't gonna waste your time. And um, so a lot of people didn't know that. So there's a lot happening in our military. Uh, um, I believe that uh, God is going to do some amazing things in our country. And I'm, I'm being honest with you. I believe a revival is coming. I believe that the hand of God is going to be over this country one day. And, you know, I just hate to just, there was a white woman that told me this. Her name was Terry Lynn. I swear to God, I'm not lying to you. She must have been 60-something. She said, you know, Billy, you don't understand anything. Oh, God, she told me that. I was, I was in love with Obama. And um, she said, she was a nurse, too. Just like this woman. Oh, I swear to God. She had a... Um, it's a beautiful woman. She's tall, very beautiful, and uh, take very good care of herself. She's just a damn nurse trying to save the world with health and medicine. And do you know how nurses are? Nurses are just they like little angels, and you know whatever. She said to me some important things I don't, I don't want to talk about, but. So I got to tell you this. So I was in my early 20s. And Miss Terry was like a mom. I was living with her. Um, I left my, my aunt house in Frisco. I was living with um, my aunt. I came out from New York and I had like the bestest place ever and I was living off of Portage Road uh, right off of McDermott off of 121 right there um, by the Stone Stonebriar Mall and I was working at Stone um, Preston and Stonebriar then I started working at Maine and Till um, in Little Elm so I spent most of my time like the first three four years of me being in Texas I didn't go past Plano Allen um Frisco, maybe sometimes Denton, and um, Prosper, maybe, um, just like kind of that way, sometimes Murphy and Saxy, but not really, just kind of stayed like right there, so, um, <laughs> like, it was just real interesting when I had got a chance to just clear my mind for a second. And I never realized how amazing it was to have an opportunity to clear my mind. And 
Miss Terry, she said to me, she said, Billy, you don't understand anything. She said, if this guy gets in office, she didn't, she wasn't talking about his color. I couldn't see past that. I was raised that way. I, I mean, I didn't know at the time. And I was still Democrat when I came to Texas. Did y'all know that? I was a Democrat. Don't not judge me, damn it. I've been here de oh, 15 years, okay? Okay? And just imagine growing up in New, in New York. What the fuck you mean? I gotta be a Democrat coming here, right? I'm supposed to like the Jets and the fucking Mets. You know that. I'm a fucking Yankee. What the hell you mean? But I got turned out. Oh. Jesus Christ. Guys, I can tell you stories. Mm. We'll save that for later times when we get things a little more formal here. I got some stories, guys. Trust me. The Quiet Storm, R&B, you heard. So, <laughs> let me wrap this up. I'm just having some fun now, trying to lighten the moment up a little bit. Um, I didn't realize she wasn't talking about color. And her mother who loved Reagan, and she was, I think, almost in her 90s. She was always in the house, and she would call me in the room and say, Billy, come in here. Grab this for me, the remote, that's, you know, go tell this one or that. Binge, you know, take the dog out, this, that, and third. She would stop and sometimes say, Billy, you know, you played Yahtzee before. Um, was it Farmer Bakker? I said, um... I said, she, she's not here anymore. I said, I didn't realize she didn't see color either. I could, I saw it. I, I felt it. I knew, I knew, I, I good, whatever. So, God. She would just tell me, you know, Billy, you don't understand conservatism. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't get it. You know, you just, you're young, you know. But she said, I seen Reagan, and you know, he was just talking about Reagan. I said, damn, listen to her. And I started playing puzzle with her. So I would come in the room every couple of days and play puzzle with her. And um, she would always play computer games. And I just listened to her talk. Eventually, I moved out to Plano off of Preston Road. And I had a one-bedroom apartment there. And then I moved to Allen. Well, once I got a little bit more mentally sound and started, you know, using the Internet and looking around and thinking and, oh, God, contemplating, I said, I'm a, I'm a Republican. I'm, I'm of the party of Lincoln. 1864. Werewolf, vampire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, but I'm of Lincoln, 63, Gettysburg. That's that's me. And I started looking up conservatism. And I was like, oh, shit. I like that. That's me. Everything about it. Shit, we talking, ain't we?
went and got me a Christmas tree. I remember when I was living in Frisco. It was so nice. My aunt place. I got a job right away, too, guys. I was, damn, they just left my teens. You know what I'm saying? Just a young kid, man. I was out in fucking Texas, you hear me? I, this is a exclusive right here. You hear me? I swear to God. Y'all, please forgive me, guys. I don't care. Right, you're going to run for Congress. You can't say this. Please. By the time I run, trust me. Look, this is the world I lived in. Don't you mean lie about my goddamn life just so I can run for Congress? I can't run for Congress, please. I didn't commit no crime. What I'm about to tell y'all, shit. Okay. Ciao. I was listening to this song. Y'all want to hear the song? Hurry up. Hold on. So, I found this tape at my aunt house. It was an old tape, I think. Somebody had recorded Chingy, the rapper, and Janet Jackson. And I was going to McDonald's one day. Well, I know I was start coming to a Starbucks near my house because I, you know, I can get partner coffees at the time. I swear to God, right? I was like liking the long cons and shit at that time, and you know, whatever. Trying to be in with the in crowd and Starbucks, you know, Jason and the fools and Kyle, you know. I was my own guy, you know. Anyway, shit, I was. It was happening to me, bro. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh my god, it was so fun, beautiful, and just a different part of my life. It was great. And this is what I came from anyway. But it was like, alright, so don't get it twisted. My life was not always bad. I didn't tell you about the good times. My Coney Islands and Boardwalk and in New York, you know, as a kid. When when I was in the streets, that doesn't mean I didn't do things I needed to do that people would do if they had a family. I just had to do it myself, whether it was going to a movie or to a theme park or whatever. I just had to get a fake ID, whatever. I still did live life and kind of, you know, rented cars and whatnot. Even wasn't, oh, I don't want, let's get off of that. But I was going to Starbucks one day on 121 and like, Right there on Preston where the bridge go over, you go right by the right Mall. And it was this um little oh five 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 four little white girl, blonde hair, and she had the most beautiful crystal, damn near blue eyes. And as I got my drink, I just like turned and looked right at her. And I just kept going and I was like, dude, don't say anything. I had a little bit of experience, but not very, very, very. Not the experience that I, no, I didn't have the kind of experience, all right? So she gets a drink, and I go, I'm supposed to go, because I have my own car at this time. I'm supposed to go and, like, go back to the house or whatever, or maybe go to my store and bullshit. You know, just fucking drive up to the mall. I don't know, just, I should go play, you know, my video game at the time. This was... Guys, we're talking over 10 years ago. I'm telling you this story. I met this girl. We just started talking, and I invited her to come to my house. I don't know how I did that. I was like, oh, this guy, whatever. Games, or I don't remember what we talked about. I think I sent a drink. She's like, okay, we'll just stay on the outside. We're not going to go inside. Anyway, well, we did. We was in front of the house. We was walking up and down the streets. Beautiful Frisco houses. Ah, God, my art house. Ah, we were just walking, a breeze. And I feel so terrible to tell you, tell you this. God, forgive me for my sins. But I could be telling you worse. I looked at that little white girl. 
I was wishing that bitch was my motherfucking wife. I pictured myself in one of these motherfucking houses with her little ass in my damn living room watching a movie and shit. <laughs> oh, God. You hear me? So this was a song that I w we was listening to. We both were stuck on it. Every time she come to pull up on me, he's playing this song. We was tripping. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Tracks hey, what's up? You ain't been talking to me for a couple of days. I swear to what's all good? Life. I just wanted to let you know that I know I do some things that's Dude, wrong. Dude, my went to Italy. I swear on my life. say what you want but I felt her post her human post and we was hanging out with my friend Cameron sometime we would go to his house and to the pool we was just having fun playing the guitar and shit like that you hear me it was at that point I knew bro it was all vibrational frequency bro crazy Your 
Ebony Republicans. We out of here, baby. I'm just in my On my way to Fort Worth.